Celtics Talk Podcast is presented by 24autogroup.com, 11 locations across New England. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Celtics Talk Podcast here on the NBC Sports Boston Podcast Network. Yes, it's an actual edition when Dan a downshift from all the games and all the post-game pods that you guys have been gracious enough to listen to and just turn the spotlight on the fact that the Celtics are the best team in basketball and 12 and three through the first 15 games. Now winners of eight straight after taking down the Atlanta Hawks on Wednesday night. So what I had to do, I called up Eddie House. I said, Eddie, we got to talk about this start. I got eight questions about this eight-game winning streak and the state of the Celtics. I want to take his temperature on what this team is accomplishing, where it can go. Are there any concerns about what we're seeing? Minutes, about you know other teams in the East? And I'm going to be honest, Eddie's pretty bullish, as anybody who's watching this team probably should be. So let's get right to it. Here's me checking in with Eddie about this eight-game win streak. All right, Eddie, Celtics, eight in a row. So I got eight questions for you. Let's do it. Let's start with, what's the biggest reason for this 12-3 and three start? I think they came in prepared and ready. Um, you know, thinking about last year, how they started off so slow, and then they had to climb themselves out the hill, and then they had to climb themselves out of a hole, and then they finally started going and yeah, stacking yeah. wins. They just picked off picked up where they left off last year, and um, I think it stung them, like, from top to bottom. I mean, it stung us yeah. that they lost the finals. Uh, we were expecting them to actually win it. So I think they just put a lot of work in in the summer, and they were like, hey, they're not going to take anything for granted, not one game. It, and it's crazy to me because, like, it's clear with Jason Tatum, like how much it hurt him and how much he wanted to come back a more complete player. But like you said, from top to bottom, they're, they're winning different ways. They're able to catch themselves in ways they didn't last year. It's been really impressive to see just the maturation from that finals loss and what they took away with from it. I, look, we can't be all positive. What's your biggest concern lingering when you watch these games? Well, the biggest concern for me will be is the rebounding because mm. uh, offensive rebounding, they've been getting up tonight, for example, they gave up 14 offensive rebounds. Yeah. Granted, there were a few that were bad bounces and things like that. But the key thing that I did look at, they had 14 offensive rebounds they, they gave up, but they only had 13 mm. second chance points off of them. You know, that's a possible 28, right, right, which right. means you're, even though you're giving up them offensive rebounds, still you're still getting defense. a stop, yep. you know? Yep. And so, you know, that's the one concerning thing because when you get in the playoffs, you can't give anybody extra possessions. I do like the fact that we've been taking care of the basketball. Yeah. We haven't had too many uh, live ball turnovers um, or just bonehead mistakes. Um, we've been pretty solid with the basketball. And that to me is, is crazy. And, uh, I, I, like there are some concerns, but the fact that they went from how, how much were we ripping our hair out in the finals about the turnovers? All playoffs. Yeah, all throughout so, the whole playoffs. Yeah. And yet I think they were second in the NBA coming into uh, the game against Atlanta. And so they've really put an emphasis on ensuring up areas that they were lacking in. I'm still a little bit worried about the defense. I think they're still lingering in the back third of the league, but you know, Rob's going to be back eventually. And I feel like that'll tighten that up. What the, the, the question is like, the good thing, I guess, is they've been able to lock in in various games. That end of the, the, the Oklahoma City game, at times in that Atlanta game. I, and I'm not as worried about the defense as I was probably a week ago. Yeah, me either. I think the first you know handful of games, I was really concerned yeah. about the defense. But I think they have been gradually getting better on the defensive end. And like you said, they've been closing out quarters when they have to, getting the stops when they need it. And then they make the right plays. And you can tell that they're playing for each other. So, and Jason Tatum is a big part of that. Yeah. And Jalen Brown as well. But Jason Tatum, you know, going to get uh, blocking shots and things like that, making that extra effort. 
it just is so easy to play for and with a guy like that. All right, number three, who is the most impressive non-J so far? Man, I, it's and a, there's so many candidates. Man, I will say it's a long list. I'm not gonna. I can't single one out because right, right. every single game is somebody different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've had Malcolm Brogdon games, we've had Peyton Pritchard games, we've had Sam Hauser yeah. games, we've had Derek White games, we had Grant Williams games. So I think that's even the, the 08 vibes because you guys yeah. had like, I mean, as good as KG and Ray and Paul and all that. Like there was the Eddie House games in there. There was Leon Poe games in there. Like mm-hmm. that's important. That is huge. I mean, because. Every night, you're not going to get that. You're going to get something from your superstars every mm-hmm. single night, but you have to have the bench play. I mean, there's not one team that's won a championship that didn't have depth, mm-hmm. that did not have guys that came off the bench and, and provided a spark in some way or some fashion, whether it be defense, whether it be offense. So I think I, I can't single out one because, again, I think it's been a, a different guy almost every single mm-hmm. night, and it's, they're doing it in different ways. That's the most impressive thing. Yeah, like I want to give Marcus Smart a ton of credit, but then Marcus Smart not out there against Atlanta. I forgot about Marcus Smart the other uh, night. He just it was a Marcus Smart game. So I mean, it, it is it is really wild. It's like uh, you know I, I I love posing that question to people because you have so many choices. Just like who's been the best bench player? Like don't put that on me. Derek White's been great for stretches. Like I can't answer those questions. So uh, good on them. We didn't even say Grant Williams, who's been making a billion quarter right. threes. Right. That's almost asking somebody like who's your favorite kid. It's right. hard to you know yeah. kind of. You have a real answer. No, I'm kidding. Kid. No, I don't. <laughs> See, I love it all. I love all three of mine. Kaden, Kaden, and Jalen. They're very, at, at times, it's much about who's on your nerves the most. That's why, right. like, you know, that's how. They're just, we... just like our guys. Yeah. It, it all depends on, on the game. All depends on the day sometimes. All right. Number four, what is your biggest takeaway from watching the first 15 games of the Joe Missoula era? Well, I, I think that each game he's been getting better. Yeah. I think, um, first off, it was a, a, a thing of, does is he managing the clock? Right. Is he managing the game? The timeouts were maddening. This and here. I think he's got a hold of that. Mm-hmm. Um, he's understanding, starting to. It's almost like no one to get in, when to get out, like double dutch. He's trying to finally get in that <laughs> rhythm right there. So, and then on top of that, I think the other thing, not only growing in that way, but also pressing the right buttons, being like, hey, let me take Grant Williams out of mm-hmm. off the bench and let me start him. Let me, uh, you know, put Derek White on the bench, take him out yeah. the starting lineup. And Put Peyton Pritchard in the third quarter of that Oklahoma City right. game for a spark. Like, yeah, like little things. He's but, pressing the right, right button. So, I mean, I'm seeing growth. And, again, this was a well-oiled, well-oiled machine. The foundation was already laid. He's just going to continue to build on that. And I think he's doing a great job. He's not getting in the way of this mm-hmm. team at all. Did you uh, have a go-to gum when you were a player? Wait. No, I didn't chew gum. I didn't really? chew gum. No, I didn't chew gum at all. Are you telling me my breath stank right now? <laughs> I was the one chugging coffee in the green room. So uh, it's just funny because, like, I mean, he gnaws at that gum. Oh, man. Even, I'm... I, I, I said, do you remember the, remember bazooka gum as a kid? Yes. But a lot of people started But that would, get, that would get hard, though. And, right. So yeah, your jaw start hurting. He had to find, like, and, and Abby has some great report, too, saying, like, he only eats two pieces of game. One to start. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing that it lasts. It can't have no. It does not have any flavor. By the time the half is up, it has zero flavor. zero flavor. But you're just you're just working through the stress of being a coach. Uh, I think she said he chews pure gum or something like that. So uh, if you're pure out there, pure, you need to get that sponsorship going. Uh, number five, any concern with the minutes? And we say this coming off the Atlanta game where they actually got decent rest for Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. But in the grand scheme of things, they've made a priority to play their guys because Missoula is prioritizing a good start should we what at what point do we say like okay that they got to get Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown out of the top 10 in minute play well you look at if they build a significant lead mm. um or you know if you're not number 1 you're number 2 with a nice cushion, cushion and you're not yeah. going to be you know figuring out where you plan um uh, plan for seeding at the end of the season 
um, you already kind of locked in and you know that. But I think the one thing that we could take from this is how well the bench is playing. And it's been stretches where either Jalen or Jason has been one of those guys have been out there with four others. But tonight there were five guys that were on the court and Jalen and yeah. Jason weren't and they held their own. So if they continue to build that trust with coach Joe Missoula, then he can lean on that and give those guys longer breaks. Believe me, coaches want to do that. Mm -hmm. They don't want to play their oh, guys sure. like that. If they, if they, well, a lot of times your, your hands, yeah, right? you know what I'm saying? Your hands are tied and you have to literally play your guys. So if they continue to build the bench, the way they build on how they've been playing, then I think they'll find a, a, a ton of minutes for them to rest this season. It's always easy for armchair quarterbacks like me to be like, oh, we just came off a of finals where Tatum played too many minutes. Take it easy, take it easy. Then I think about being Joe Missoula and, you know, like, look, you're you're coaching to win. You're coaching to prove mm -hmm. yourself. Like, everything matters. So I, I totally get why he's done it. And good for him. He's stuck to his guns in terms of, like, we're going to start good and not dig the hole that we did last year. Let's make things easier down the road. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. All right, six. Who's the biggest threat in the East? Well, Milwaukee, without mm -hmm. a doubt. Milwaukee, without a doubt. Who's number two, then? I think it might be I, Cleveland. I was getting ready to say right? Cleveland. I, I I think Cleveland poses a different uh, problem. Like, it's, it was early. We played them sure. twice really quick. You know, we had them one day and then play yep. like a few days later. But they just have, like, uh, to me, the, the team, you know, they have size yep. on the backside. Um, then they have guys that are attackers that get into the paint, that force you to start rotating, and they can knock down shots when they have to. They, Their two guys, their two playmakers can knock down threes, they can create for themselves. They can mm. get in the penetrate your defense. They can finish at the rim. And then they also can make plays at the rim and make plays for others. So Cleveland is definitely a threat. Um, I would, I'll probably say that those are the two teams. I mean, it's, uh, it feels like it, the, those three have sort of separated themselves. Like yeah. Miami starters are starting to play better. Um, I just don't feel that Miami, even though I know they'll always be there and you can never count them out. I just look at their roster and, and, and to me from top to bottom, I don't think that their roster sure. is better. Do they have some guys at some positions that better than mm -hmm. our guys? Yes, but I think our two guys are better than any two guys that they got. Yeah, and like again, even though Jimmy Butler's a beast, even he's a beast. Like a it, it just don't let the games be close at the end, as right. we saw. And I feel like you're in a good position. How do you feel about Philly? I don't. I just feel like Philly is is going to be do Philly things, mm. and somehow at the end. It's just not going to come together yeah. for whatever reason. And you know, I hate to see it for Doc and right. you know Sam over there as well and that whole coaching staff but at the same time it's just like i don't know it, 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 it almost doesn't feel, feel yeah, it almost yeah. feels like there's always something missing or something just doesn't go their yeah. way they don't get that bounce so i'm not really too yeah philly doesn't scare me like 
Cleveland or Milwaukee. Right. And when Embiid goes out and has those 56-point games, that's when I'm like, oh, yeah, man, that's that's a beast to go up against. But then you watch him in the playoffs. He can't do it every night. Yeah, and then nobody else is getting – if he's getting 56, nobody else right. is getting Right, exactly. All right, seven. Is this offense sustainable? Are the Celtics going to have the a historic offense by the end of the year? Well, I don't know if they could continue to hit the three at that clip, mm-hmm. you know, and they don't have to hit the three at that clip if they continue playing the way they are. And it is sustainable to answer your question mm-hmm. because – they are moving the ball. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like the ball sticking. They're not reliant on one guy or two guys to do it. Again, it's a it, it, it's a long list of guys that step up and can make things happen. So if they continue just to share the ball, and Sam Hauser said it in his uh, press conference, he said, we play for each other. Yeah. And if they continue to do that, you're not only going to see them sustain this offense, but their defense as a whole is going to get better too. Man. It's just crazy because there's still like three parts of every game that I say, oh, they were in a little bit of a funk. They go into like a little bit of a lull. And then you look up and they're on a historic pace right. because the three-point shooting is so crazy. All right, number eight, we ended on this, which has been the big story line up here for the pretty much the, the entirety of the season. Can Jason Tatum win MVP? And what is the, what is necessarily in your mind is the pathway? Like he's playing like an MVP. Mm-hmm. What else has to go right in order for him to be well, actual MVP? Well, continue to put up numbers, mm-hmm. right? Um, and – the way he's evolving as a, a two-way player and a defensive player, continue to do that because then that's also shown that he doesn't have any holes in his game. He's not a guy that you could go after on on the defensive end. He's just – or he all he is is offense and he doesn't play any defense. No, he's giving us everything right now. So if he continues to do that, I mean, it's, the numbers that Luca's putting up is crazy. crazy. But if he continues to play the way and the record continues to be mm-hmm. the best in the league, those two things combined, you have to look at that and you have to take that in consideration. The only thing that if he if we continue to win and he puts up these numbers, the only thing that will stop him from winning the MVP would be some astronomical numbers that somebody is right. putting up. And that would be the only thing. I mean, that's why I can't figure out, like, what is Luca going to average in order to like somehow? I can't, I can't think he's going to continue to average 35. Dude. Right. But he every he night. Yeah. Be- but every night he's at 36 <laughs> or something. Right. I mean, even SGA coming on now, I'm like, oh, my God. But they're not going to win enough games. Right, I mean, of course. He's going to get most improved player. Which which is all that he should. Yeah. Like, that's the step for him. And then he'll be in that actual conversation. But, yeah, for me, the roadmap is stay ahead of the Bucks, finish with, like, the historic offense or at least something close to it. And I think it's going to be hard for voters to be like, he's the best offensive player on the best offensive team of all time and the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. How is he not the MVP? Right. You know, like the Mavs aren't going to be number one in the West. So I think that's like the one thing that he's got going for him. He's just got a stiff arm uh, uh, Giannis and then and then we'll yep. we'll see. Hey, it's uh, it's awesome having you here in Boston. No, oh, man, I love being out here. You sure you don't want the background with your your mountains and coyotes? Oh, yeah. and... No, no, I'm tired. I'm tired of that. You know, the little hot out. I need I needed to get a cooler climate. Yeah. So here I am. Here we go. All right. All right. Anyhow, thank you so much. It's just kind of wild. It's uh, you know, we we'll get accused of drinking a lot of green Kool Aid on this program because we tend to focus on the good. But I keep wondering, like, where's the bad? Uh, certainly, you you would have liked to seen them show a little bit better against Cleveland. Maybe get to the finish line, one of those two games. But I mean, they're they're twelve and one against everybody else in the league, and uh, I was really worried about that Atlanta game being a trap game for this team. No Brogdon, no Malcolm. I mean, no Malcolm, no Marcus, no Rob. Gallinari's on the bench down there. Like they got a starting five worth of worth of talent on your bench that night. And yet, even on a night where Jason Tatum doesn't have it, these guys go out there and and find a way to keep it going. Uh, the vibes have been off the charts. And, you know, I talked about that after the Oklahoma City game. 
where the Celtics just, just kind of limping through it, win a game they weren't going to win. That post game with Marcus on the court and just everybody jumping on top of him. And uh, it felt like a moment, it felt like a little glimpse into the chemistry, like how these guys are, are feeling about each other, about how, about the success of the season, just ultimately the maturation of this team. Everything that we worried about coming into the season and coming off last year's finals, like Jason Tatum's consistency, the team's turnover woes, the bench, all those, all those things have been shorn up in the first 15 games. Tatum is an MVP because he's got so few holes in his games right now. The Celtics, I think, were second in the NBA in turnover percentage, at least coming into this week. And I can't imagine they went very far. And then you've got the bench, which, I mean, Sam Hauser, if Gallinari doesn't get hurt, does he get the opportunity? And now he's out there thriving. Just feels like this team is in a really good place. And that little dark cloud that hovered. And the other thing that Marcus Smart said that night was, you know, this team came in with expectations. Then all of a sudden the the scandal with Ime and the injuries. There's a lot of questions about this team. Even the three and two start, you know, three wins, but then they kind of hit the bump in the road. You know, how would that go? How would Joe Missoula fare being thrust into that coaching role? And here we are. And just everything is coming up Celtics right now. And I do think there's still going to be some bumps in the road. I, I can't imagine it's going to be this blissful. And yet you feel really good about the trending, where this team is trending, like how they're playing and uh, and everything about it right now is uh, is really good. Get those minutes down. Keep Jason Tatum fresh. Let's see what happens when Rob comes back. I know I'm already preparing for like what that's going to look like. I think defensively it's going to be great. Offensively, you know, they get some high expectations based on on the way they're playing right now with with the, the court really spread out. But you know, Rob on the glass and kicking it ahead to players and just dominating the offensive glass the way he he's he can potentially do that. Just feels like this 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 thing might even have another level to go to as the Celtics sort of figure out what that balance is and how Rob fits in, but the games don't stop. So, uh, you know, right after this, we're getting ready for, for, for the, the Pelicans. Will they have Zion? You know, even if they don't, they've been, uh, they've been rolling. So uh, this thing keeps on cruising. I want to thank you all for checking out the post game pods, having a lot of fun putting all those together uh, and giving you sort of uh, uh, an immediate reaction after games. I hope, uh, I hope those are, are, are are enjoyable and then kind of finding these spots during the week to uh to take a take a step back and uh and look at the bigger picture here but man Celtics 12 and 3 and uh, the big picture is pretty bright so everybody go like subscribe check us out on the youtube page we'll catch you next time on the Celtics Talk podcast